Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. If you're looking for a dull, feel-good religion, or clap your hands, sit around the campfire kumbaya, you've come to the wrong place. We are dealing with toxic levels of authentic masculinity. I would say good luck, but luck is for pagans. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Adam and Jim here, sitting with David Niles, or the Sith Lord Niles. Uh, Juan on the buttons this evening. The Jedi. We have uh, Jim guarding the door this evening. The, the, the fam is together. Uh, also, shout out, shout out to Madeline. Madeline is my... Uh, sister's preborn daughter. Like the cookie? Is there a Madeline cookie? Yes. Okay. What? But it's not a cookie. It's like, kind of like a little soft cake. They got powdered sugar on top. They come in like Madeline. the, like the, you know, like the, kind of like a seashell shape. Okay. Wavy. Well, uh, you don't know Madeline's? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know. Uh, but my sister, my youngest sister, Morgan, is pregnant, and she has a, a daughter on the way, Madeline. So it's exciting All right. news. It's exciting news. Like, you know, I thought you were going to keep going. Li- life, is, life is a good thing. Life is totally awesome. Life is a great thing. Especially uh, when you have it. Especially when... Existence is good, and that's very important this evening as we discuss our topic. Right. Our topic this evening is going to be on hell. Um, so just what a, the hell, Adam? Yes, uh, the hell there is. Some may say that it's better to exist in hell than to not exist at all. At all, I've heard that that some yes, would say that. Some saints would say that. So uh, just to give a fair warning to those who may be uh, listening with other family members or uh, sons or nephews of the Catholic Mission, not that we are going to go into anything. or like your your niece who's a Universalist. <laughs> Because that will be offensive to her, for whoever, sure. Whoever she is. Um, you know, just to let you know, we were going to be st- discussing hell this evening, so y- use your better judgment. So, anyway, but tonight, uh, what the first thing we do on the Catholic Man Show, if this is your first time listening, we open, review, and enjoy a beverage. And I'm, I can't tell you how excited I am about this beverage because it's a variation of my favorite distillery of all time, which is Laphroaig. Laphroaig is my favorite distillery. Uh, and this is Laphroaig 10. Which is their best one. Which is their best. For the most part. I mean, this is their staple. Yeah. It's Laphroaig 10, but it's finished in sherry oak. It's a sherry oak finish. And so we've had... And you are a big fan of sherry cask. I am. I am. Finishes. I like the complexity of heavy peat with a sweet finish. I do, I do enjoy that. That is correct. So we'll see how this goes. So this is the Laphroaig 10 Sherry Oak finish. Um, if you've been listening to the Catholic Man Show for a while, you know that, that, that Laphroaig is one of our favorites. You, have my in- you had my interest. Now you have my attention. Okay, very good. Well, I'm glad that I have both your interest and your attention, Juan. 
That's a quote from The Great Gatsby. Oh, very good. So cultured. Mucho culture. Are you going to just not... Thank you. Are you going to stay in... Uh, Sith mode? Sith mode? or Because this would be a very weird... I figure like since we're talking about hell, I'm going to stay like kind of dark. Would be good to, for you to... Don't worry. It'll be all right. Okay. So the... Uh, Here's another reason why I'm extremely excited. Only our YouTube audience knows. Yes. So this marriage of casks creates a rich, full-bodied flavor was with Catholic, notes Was it a Catholic of, marriage? Catholic marriage? I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. It must yes. be a Catholic marriage. Because uh, the notes are, are with honey, mm-hmm. bacon, yes. maple syrup, alongside the classic smoke, seaweed, and hint of salt that LaFlorga is known for. So I'm very excited because hmm. it's everything that LaFlorga... It claims everything that Lafroig is known for, plus honey, bacon, and maple syrup, which is like, come on, come on! It, it's like, can you think of anything that would be better? The I don't color know. Color is completely different. It's completely it different. The color. It is in it the the uh, the smell dark. is also completely different. It does not, you know, like the it's, the standard Lafroig ten has that very potent peat smell. It's it is strong which, peat, but it's a honey peat. But yeah, this has a lot more honey. That's what I really pick up on the on the nose is the honey it, here. It would almost be like your um uh Krubnik. Yeah. Uh mixed a little with- bit. So like you know, but with regular Lafroig ten, you can like pour a glass and walk through the room and, and people smell. will smell the peat. Yeah. If you did that with this, people are not going to pick up on the peat. Just because it's not I, I think the peat is been is maybe it's at least on the nose so far. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more mild. And yeah, it definitely has more honey. Honey to it. All right, well, let's try it on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Cheers, Jim. Cheers. Let's see if Jim's uh, yummy scale takes into effect this evening. What are your thoughts, Dave? Mm. Wow. Yeah, so it still is very peaty. Even if even if the peat is not on the nose as much, it's still... I don't, I don't think it's really lost much of the peat on the, like, on the taste... But yeah, the sherry, the sherry cask is very evident. I think it's a, uh, I, I, I like it. I think it's a very good wow. change of pace from the, the standard 10. Wow. It is incredible. That is really good. I like this way better than the lore, at least at the beginning. I mean, my first, like, I hate to say this because I'm, I'm not, actually not a big lore fan. You're not? Mm-mm. I like it. I think the the t- I, I prefer the ten over the lore. Um, I like this better than the quarter cask. I like this better uh, than last year's uh, Karchus was really good. Was that the port one? Yeah, I just remember the, like you know the the Karchus is different every year, mm-hmm. and, and last year's was uh, as long as we've been doing the show, that one was my by far my favorite. Man, that is, is this really is, good. This is very good, though. That is really good. Well done, Lafroig. I'm a big fan of uh, La Santa. La Santa. Yeah. This is like Glim- the marriage between my two favorite scotches. Yeah. Man, that is really good. I enjoyed this. Good big find. Time. Well done, Adam. Yeah, I was really excited because it's like, uh, it was, so we've had the... Well, how much was it? It was um, $80. Okay, so like the around here, Lafroig now is in the sixty dollar ball, like sixty dollar range. Yeah, it may, it may have been eighty five, eighty eighty five. Okay, so you know it's more, but personally, I mean that's really great. I I, I think I would 
I'd pay an extra twenty bucks for it. Yes, it, 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 especially if you're just a Lafroy guy, right? right? Which you know, I am, which, right? Yeah. yeah. So this is like really hitting me. Uh, like, I'm their target audience, right? Right here. So Dave, we're going to uh, Ireland soon. Yes, we're going to Ireland with uh, Father. Father, uh, Sean Father Sean Donovan. Donovan. Yes, that's gonna be awesome. I cannot wait. If you don't know if you don't know who Father Sean Donovan is, you need to go back and listen to our, the episodes we recorded with him on the Winged Hussars mm-hmm. and the Holy Name of Mary. So, like, he is the one. Uh, you know, we talk about the wiffle ball tournament. If you've been listening to our tur- like our show for a while, you know about the annual wiffle ball tournament, which is a big deal. One year, I was at the wiffle ball tournament, just sitting there watching other people play wiffle ball next to Father Donovan, and he started telling me all about the Winged Hussars and the Holy Name of Mary, and I was like, Father, you're coming on our show <laughs> this weekend. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, you're going to come and be on our show. And we did it, and it was just like, it totally changed our lives. I think that's fair. It could say it also... Like, Don't you think it's fair to say it changed our lives? Yes, and it, it also changed the trajectory of the, even the show. Yeah, because now we have wine. We have the Winged Hussar wine. We, we've... Discussed. It's on. It's on our. Uh, oh wait, we don't have a t. We don't have a t-shirt yet. I have a different winged hush. Winged hussar t-shirt. I got a winged hussar tattoo next to his turtle. He did not. He does not. He has that. a winged hussar riding his turtle. He does not have that. <laughs> you should do that one. That would be funny. It's hilarious. That would be great. That would be great. Uh, Put so, wings on your turtle. So anyway, so uh, uh, Dave, what are you? Uh, uh, so we're in, in the process of Exodus ninety. Have you noticed? Or have you picked up any reading material while you're on Exodus 90? Or have you, like, is there anything that you're doing? I haven't picked up any reading material. Um, I've been very busy. That's actually, like, something that happens to me in Exodus 90 that, like, I can finally, I I have time to get stuff done. Um, I've been helping a friend uh, who who will go unnamed. Remodel basically his entire house. Mm-hmm. That's not a hundred percent true, but it's not far off. Um, and so I've been help. I've had time to help him. Luckily, um, a lot this week, and I think that's probably gonna. That's not gonna change for a while. <laughs> Mucho help. <laughs> Mucho help. So um, that's been keeping me pretty busy. I have not had much like extra reading time. Okay. The one thing though that I want to really pick up. Is I want to pick up the readings of uh, God. Give me a second. I'm gonna have to take a second to think about her name. And when I think of it, you're gonna be like, I can't believe you can remember her name. But um, she's a blessed. She's a mystic who uh, received visions a lot of a lot about Mary's life. So like hmm. uh, a lot of the things from the Passion were based on Saint Mary Margaret. No, not Saint Mary Margaret. I'll think of it in a second. Okay. She's a blessed. She's blessed right now. Okay. Awesome. So, so, but yeah. What about you? Well, so the uh, the Catholic Mancho Patreon reading reading club, the yeah. book club. Yeah. We're about to finish to Mystic Common Sense by Father Gary Goulagrange. The Caribou. It's been such a uh, rewarding read, and then so I put out like, hey, what else? What what do we want to read next? And I gave four options. I gave. Uh, Leisure, the Basis of Culture. Mm. I gave uh, Restoration of Christian Culture by John Sr. Yeah. And I gave uh, The Friendship uh, for, book by Cutterback and then Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton. What'd they pick? Orthodoxy. Killing oh. me. Well, well, let me talk about this on the way back. Okay. We'll, we'll be right back. 
Have you ever wanted to go to Ireland and tour County Cork or have a beer in Dublin or see the Cliffs of Moher? Well, we are partnering up with Select International Tours and we are planning a, a Ireland pilgrimage this year. Go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow and we will keep you posted on everything that's going on. Uh, Ireland is one of the places that you are able to travel to, whether you have a vaccine, whether you don't have a vaccine. Uh, there's no quarantine. All you have to do is have a negative test within a couple days. So anyway, we're, tra- we're, we're planning a trip to Ireland. We would love to have you there. Go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. And let's have a beer together and cheers to Jesus in Ireland. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles, here with Adam Minahan. We got Juan on the buttons, Jim on the door. We're drinking some Laphroaig Sherry Cask, Laphroaig 10, Sherry Oak Finish. Pretty fantastic. Mm -hmm. So far, I'm having a great time on this episode, even though I'm in Sith mode. Even though you're in Sith mode. So before uh, before we hit the break, so I was talking about the the book club that we do. So yeah, um, so yeah, you you do not sound happy with the choice. Well, of it's not Orthodoxy. that it's not that I'm not happy about it. It's like were you like rooting for another one? That I was you thought I was, was hardcore obvious? rooting for another one. Uh, in fact, I threw Orthodoxy in at the last minute, thinking like, well, I need four books. Why? Uh, I don't know. I just like, you know, when you're giving, I, I gave a poll. What did you, what were you hoping for? I, you know, you give a poll out, you know, it's like, here, everybody choose what book you want. And so like, I felt like four books is yeah. the appropriate. And like, I didn't want to. I think I, three would have been enough. Well, you knew which one he was choosing, written for. Yeah. Well, I so was. Tell me, tell me the options again. What, what, what were Leisure, they? the basis of culture. Okay. That, obviously that one. Then. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was number one. Right. Uh, the second. And guys, for the next book of. Review. I'm hoping for leisure, the basis of culture, <laughs> right? And then, uh, and then, like one by Dr. Cutterback, and then, well, and, and uh, you know, uh, okay, Friendship, so the rest- Fr- restoration of Christian culture by John Senior, another one that I would have been, yeah, I you, loved. You've, already, you've already read it, yeah, right? So, like, so I was time like, to think about I was that hoping one. to have a book that I've already read, so but that the, way I the could. one by Cutterback, although I thoroughly enjoyed it, and like I hi- and highly recommend, it's just I'm not sure that that would have been like an appropriate. I feel like you're looking for stuff that's a little heavier. I mean, that's a that's a pretty light read. Even no, though... no, I'm not. Uh, we were not because. Uh, well, you started off with a heavy one. Leisure is not like super heavy. No, no, no. I mean, the last the your your right. car- your caribou book. Right. Yeah. To miss common sense was, is a heavy book, heavy. and so like I wanted to switch it up. I wanted to not go as as philosophical, like like as heavy, so that way okay. it, may, it may like bring other people in or you know. Um, yeah. Give it a little change of pace. So I thought, like, leisure, basis of culture, restoration of Christian culture, the friendship book. And I was like, okay, well, and orthodoxy. And then, as Providence would have it, uh, everybody picked orthodoxy. Isn't the Lord's will hilarious? Right. And so I was like, okay, that's, that's good. I think that, so. That's just the way, that is the way uh, Providence works. And so I started reading that um, this week. So that way I could start. How is it? It's good. It, well, you know, G.K. Chesterton, the way he writes is just. It, He's he's really funny. Like the, he's very witty. Um, the way he writes, you have to you have to be on your game. So you have to be on your game when when uh, reading 
Chesterton because, sure. and not the same way as you have to be on your game as reading like Gary Gould Lagrange because it, Gary Gould Lagrange is very philosophically heavy. Right. No, Chesterton is like trying to throw you sometimes. Right. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, he's actually talking. He's not talking about this. He's he talk- set. He set me up. He's he's talking about Christ, and it's like I didn't even realize this is what he was talking. about And he thinks this he's being time. funny. Right. That's what it is. So. I, you know, I, it, it's good that I, that I'm, I'm jumping into it. I've been wanting to read it. You should ask our friend, anyway. uh, Sam Guzman about it. If you have any questions, you know, he's like a big Chesterton guy. He is. Yeah. Yeah, I should. Anyway. So we're going to do that here pretty soon. In about two weeks, we're going to, we're going to jump into orthodoxy. Sweet. I'll be there too. Oh, you're going to, you're going to join? It's mucho. Good. Good one. That'll be good. Uh, and then also on the Catholic Man Show, we're going to, we have a, a series of, of, a guest coming up, which is going to be very exciting. So we have uh, Father Philip Bochansky coming in uh, here in, I don't know, maybe I'm a excited week, for that. A week or two? Coming back. Coming back? Yeah, coming back. Coming back onto the show. And uh, surprise, I haven't even told you this. Will this be his third appearance, Bochansky? He recorded with us yes. once here, and then we did once, once in, 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 in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, surprise, Dave, I haven't even told you this yet. Okay. But I believe Bishop Condola is going to join us on the episode. So we're going to have... Uh, with Bochansky. With, with uh, Father Philip Bochansky. So we're going to have Bishop Condola. At first I thought you meant this episode. No, like, no, no. I'm not sure I can stay in Sith mode. <laughs> the bishop's coming He's walking in. No. So we're going to have both Father uh, Bochansky and Bishop Condola uh, on, on the show. So that'll be that'll, that'll be That'll awesome. be awesome. Good. We won't even have to say anything. Right. We just kind of pass. That'll be, that'll be perfect. Right. And then so also we're going to have... Uh, uh, Swan Sona going to be on our, on our show here pretty soon. We're going to have uh, Brian B. Song coming on our show mm-hmm, pretty soon. Mm-hmm. We're going to have um, uh, Chad Pecknold coming on our show. Yep. yep. And, the then and then we're going to also have uh, Jeff Cavins coming on our show. In September. In mm-hmm. September. So like we have a lot of like really awesome guests coming up. And the yeah. only reason why is because uh, we're able to do this. Is I would also really like to have Emily, his wife, on our show. That would be fun. She like has such like the coolest job. She's a like a historical biblical uh, archaeologist. So she is like she's like a female like a real life female biblical Indiana Jones. Dude, look how ridiculous you look. Here, I'm gonna help you. No, stop that. I'm gonna help stop you. Stop that. You know I can't see the light. Yeah. <laughs> look ridiculous. No. So anyway, the only reason you we're chose able to the d- topic, bro. The only reason why we're doing this is because our only reason we were able to do this because the the support on Patreon. Yeah. Uh, so if you go to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show, you can support us. All donations go right back into the show. Uh, one of the things that we're doing is if you uh, support us in the month of February as a $25 or, or higher a month patron, we're giving away a SUMA. We're giving away a SUMA for any of anybody who really is, big one. is uh, uh, donating to us for $25 or more a month. You will need a bookshelf if you win this. So it's a five volume set hardback. Anyway, so it's it's, it's no, an incentive. It's if you're nice. if you're if you've been like thinking about joining, supporting, hopefully this kind of pushes you over the edge to where you uh, join us. When it's five volumes, do you know? Is it like according to like the books in the Summa? Like, I don't think it is necessarily like secunda secunda, like the second part of the second part. Uh yeah, I, I think mean, I, I don't mean, I don't I mean, think it is I don't think it's actually because all I mean, the volumes all of it I mean because it, it's it's all like but the volumes are all about the same size right correct yeah so I think it's just like hey we had to space this this sum is long we had to break it down into five parts it's like what four thousand pages or something it's like a that. lot of pages it's a lot can you imagine like dictating all that and that was not even his like 
This is this is guys it's one hey, of his works. It's a summary. It's a summary. Let me sum up. So, Let me sum up. For anyway, be, for beginners. Okay, so we're talking. We're going to talk about uh, hell this evening. Is going to be. Do we have a man topic. gear today? Are we skipping man gear? No, I think we should do a, a, a gear this evening. Okay. Um. One. Okay. Good. We have a, a little bit of time, uh, but we can maybe jump into the topic. I don't want to talk about the gear too long, but we're going to talk about a paint stick. Uh, you just discussed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You discussed just a second ago that you were helping a unnamed friend, some friend, uh, you know, restore his in the world. His um, his home. He's doing a very large project, and he's ne- he's never done he's never done a ha- like a a project before. Right. So it's one that's big. You know, but it's going well. Imagine somebody who, when he does things, he does things big, a little bit extreme, maybe. Yeah, this person. Uh, and then also, uh, he, was he it's sh- not Adam. It's not me. It's not me. But it might be, or not, somebody else in the room. <laughs> and it's not Jim. <laughs> <laughs> or Dave. <laughs> or me. He's your guardian angel. Yeah. Um, but uh, also, uh, I am repainting the house as well. So this is something that's uh, very... In fact, I let you borrow my paint stick today. Right, something very useful whenever you're painting your house. So the, the paint stick is like a... It goes back a long way in the Niles household, okay? So my parents, I remember being a young boy when they got the first their first paint stick. And it, this is like goes so far back, they literally bought it off of an infomercial. Like, can you can you think of how many things can you think of that you bought off of an in, an infomercial okay. that turned out good? Okay, hey Juan, have we ever talked about uh, the infomercial buy that Dave and I have done the guitar? The guitar, yeah, we've done that. On the the Esteban, show? Guitars. Esteban guitars. Dang it. Okay. I Adams say, Adams turned out great. Your like, your Esteban Esteban guitar was like really it's nice. Like, that is one of my favorite stories of all time. Mine was the biggest piece of junk, ever. I mean, like the the. So Jim, yours I, like, and mine were so, so different. They were wild, so drastically different in quality. It okay, was so Jim, upsetting. so uh, we're in college. We're at my house. It was after a night of partying. We're just kind of like, you know, like just like watching TV mindlessly, right? So we, we fall upon the the infomercial, the, the QBC or whatever it is, and we're watching this. Whatever the channel. And um, we're watching this guy Esteban talking about his his guitar and all of his DVD series yeah, and everything like, else, like and, the twenty DVD set that's going to teach know, you how to play the guitar, like right, Esteban. Right, and so we're sitting there watching. We're like kind of mesmerized about it. And Dave goes, "Adam, if they throw in an amp, we because there was an amp in the this. picture. I was like, if they, we are buying this, it thing. already said the price, and it was like you know, it was what? like two hundred dollars. If they throw in that amp, I have to buy I have that." To buy. And then look at that guitar. And then twenty. This gorgeous black guitar with mother of pearl inlay on the neck. I mean, it was like. And then twenty. Oh and then twenty gosh. seconds after he said that, they were like, "And we're throwing in the amp." And guess what? And it's like, and and wait, there's more. But right. wait, there's more. And this classic infomercial, you know, like mm-hmm. for for your payment, for the next twenty minutes or something right. like. We're gonna throw in the amp for free. And I look over, dang it, dang it, we gotta buy this thing now. So we both ordered one. And you know, two hundred dollars for a college student at you know at our time, like it's basically all the money I had. Like I I drained my bank account, but luckily they gave uh, four uh, four easy payments of fifty dollars. My amp broke. Like I think the first time I tried to use it, it didn't work. Anyway, so mad. That is like one of our favorite. uh, We gotta talk about the paint stick though. Hurry, hurry. The paint stick is like imagine. Like it's a roller, except there's this tube 
where you can draw paint into the tube and then as you're rolling instead of having to dip the roller back in the in the like rolling bucket to mm -hmm. get more you just squeeze the tube and it presses paint out the roller itself so you can just like keep painting you just start painting and you just keep painting and when, when, you, when you run out of paint in the tube you just go and like fill it up again it's really great you can get them at Lowe's they used to call them a paint stick. Now they're, I forget what they're, now it's like Wagner brand. I think Wagner bought the, in the last few years, Wagner bought it from paint stick because it used to be paint stick brand. But anyway, yeah. it's awesome. It's it's really helpful if you're trying to renovate your house. Right. So anyway, we'll, we'll talk about hell on the other side of the brakes. <laughs> Get excited. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Hey guys, David Niles here. For those of you who don't know, for my day job, I'm a financial advisor, so I know firsthand how difficult investing can be. That's why I was so excited when we met Mark Lozano, founder and owner of Christ-Centered Capital. Mark's mission is to provide in-depth research and analysis on which companies and organizations align with Christian values and which ones don't. Of course, he's also seeking to provide investment recommendations and stock picks that have financial potential and are also aligned with Christian values. What I really love about what Mark is doing is that he's completely transparent about why a company might be a moral investment versus another one. He leaves it up to you so that you can make informed decisions. He's not just going to say, oh, this one's moral, this one's not. He'll give all of the reasons in the research that he's done with links to articles or whatever it may be, so that you can make the most informed decisions on your own investment portfolios. Because as Catholics, we have a duty to uphold Catholic values, and the same goes with our investments. So we want to be as virtuous as we can be, and Christ-Centered Capital is really invaluable. It's only $7 a month for you to go and sign up to get all of his recommendations and all of his research. To me, it's a no-brainer. If you're an investor and you want more information, go to ChristCenteredCapital.com, and make sure to use promo code TCMS. 2022 for one month of free access, no obligation. That's TCMS, The Catholic Man Show. TCMS 2022. Welcome back to The Catholic Man Show. We're going to talk about a topic that is not uh, talked about enough, I feel like. And you can take our show as an example. We've gone over 300 episodes now. Since 2016, the Catholic Man Show has been in existence. And this is the very first time that we are talking about hell. Which is um, interesting. I mean, a little bit surprising. I, mean, I feel like we've talked about hell. Like, not, 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 not a not whole episode. Not as a topic, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, people criticize at times that the Catholic Church d doesn't talk enough about hell. And they also criticize the times when all they heard was fire and brimstone from the pulpit. Like, right. you know, like... There's always going to be criticisms. You know, haters going to hate. You know what I mean? Yep. People, some people hate on my hoodie right now. A lot of people are hating on your hoodie. Yeah, but you know what? Haters going to hate. I guess so. So, uh... But it's interesting, we should, like, as Christians, as Catholics, we should definitely talk about hell. Uh, Christ talked about hell a whole lot. Uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen in one he of his... He definitely talked about it. Do you think he talked about it a whole lot? Is one of the most, uh, apparently, one of the, uh, a topic that is talked about almost more than... Than other things. Than other things, yes. Interesting. Uh, so, uh, Archbishop hmm. uh, Blessed Fulton Sheen talks about that Jesus spoke of uh, hell 15 times specifically... 
said uh, 11 times he mentioned the internal fire. 30 times in the New Testament, eternal fire is mentioned. And that, and that was in a... Uh, that's It does seem like a lot. Um, that That's in one of Archbishop Fulton Sheen's Oh, but talks. 30 times in the New Testament, that doesn't mean necessarily Jesus. No. But just in the New, in Testament. The New Testament. Okay. Um, and so it's important to talk about, as especially in this day and age when we have a confusion about universalism, about a lot of the other relativisms, the, a lot of the other isms, when... Yeah. Uh, you know there there are kind of heretical ideas going about talking about that um, hell either doesn't exist um, or that that Satan does not exist or that um, no one is in hell um, and so like it's, right. it is it is important to to talk about um, hell. I just think the notion I just want to say this in the beginning the notion that nobody is in hell is stupid. And it doesn't like I don't have to re- I don't have to come up with like a good response to that argument. It's sort of like when people say, "Oh, it's just a brute fact that such and such is the way it is." It's like, no, that's just a stupid thing to say. There are obviously people in hell. Scripture makes it very like it seems that very like, clear. And, and if you're and if like, you're trying David to say, Hart disagrees with us vehemently. No, uh, if you're trying like, to say that there's nobody in hell, that's just a stupid thing to say. I'm not saying that you're stupid, but the thing that you just said is incredibly stupid. And like that's just the way it is. Right. So I think okay, so let's let's define some terms that you okay. know, before we get in, get into it like um insofar as like what is hell? Okay. Um mm-hmm. and then and That's a good idea. Like let, let, let's discuss like what is hell and then maybe um how people uh, get to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, so hell is an absence of something, right? Correct. So it, it is an absence of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, God. It's um, sort of like the reality of evil. The reality of evil. Like, yeah. You know, so it, it, evil is an a- absence of the good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, obviously in in Genesis we talk, we see that some of the angels decided to go against God and gets thrown out by our boy Saint Michael, the archangel. And hell is created, um, and the the greatest good, the corruption of the uh, uh, of the good is the greatest evil, right? The, the corruption of the best is it, it, right. it, it is the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have Satan, who is you know the bearer of light. You know, light is a a symbol of knowledge, is a symbol of uh, truth, is a symbol of purity, is a symbol of ch- chastity. There's a lot of different things that light symbolizes. Mm-hmm. Um, is is casted down into hell, um, and him and a, a, a third of his of, of his of the angels of the angels are, are cast down there. So hell is an absence of thing, and and it's an absence of, of Christ of God's presence. Mm-hmm. And in order to go to hell, you have to like it, it's a it, so it, hell hell is the state of being as it is, or it's place. A state. It's a state. Yeah. So, like, yeah. So, like, John Paul II and Pope Francis have both come out and said, or at least implied. I don't know if they've actually said outright that it is not yeah. a place. So, uh, JP2 did in the Wednesday audience in 1999. He said that it is not a place. See, that to I'll, me I'll is. Quote, I'll quote you. I'll okay. Quote. Yeah. Please. Um, we must not interpret the apop, uh, apot, apocalyptic imagery about hell literally, but symbolically. Uh, he went on to say that that hell is not a physical place but a state. It's an absence of God. 
Okay, so maybe it's because of like, you know, like God is being. So heaven would be being, like there would be a physical place. The The problem I have, and this is just like probably a confusion on my part because I don't understand it, but like in the souls in hell at the uh, reincarnation of the, you know, like the resurrection of the body, they will receive their physical body. And the, Ooh, and the physical okay. the physical good, body has to be in a physical place. This is good. Okay, so can can we table that? Sure. So, l- yeah, let's, yeah. Ta- l- let's table that. So, the, but I, anyway, just hell is the is is the lack of of God. Okay, right? so th- this is good. Like, don't let me forget though. We're I talking just, about like when the resurrection body uh, c- comes back. Like, l- l- I let's mean, talk to me, that. that's a little bit confusing. I just wanted to like, right, kind of so, fle- flesh out, if you will, right. What okay. hell is? Okay, so so hell also like Juan just choked on his whiskey. He, he whiskey, yeah. So in order to like, in order to go into hell, in order to uh, receive eternal punishment, what what has to happen? Well, you have to die in a state of well, you have to die uh, in a state without sanctifying grace, right? Which would also be the state of state mortal of mortal sin. sin, right? So let's let's define this. Let's define mortal sin. I mortal think sin. Important. Mortal sin uh, is a sin that requires. Three things, according to St. Paul, the wages of sin are death, but not all death, not all sin is mortal, according to St. James. Uh, so there are three conditions in order for a sin to be mortal, and what I mean by a mortal sin is a sin that removes the divine life within the soul. Is Those are that it has to be grave, grave matter, so it has to be a serious subject. It has to be you have to know that it's wrong, mm-hmm. and you have to freely choose it anyway. So you right. have to say, this, this is serious, I know that it's wrong, and yet I choose it anyway. If, yeah. if even one of, if even half of one of those three is missing, it's not a mortal sin. Right. So uh, if you want to look up the Catechism of the Catholic Church, 1855, says mortal sin destroys the charity in the heart uh, and is of grave violation of God's law. It turns man away from God, who is the ultimate end in his beatitude by prefer, uh, preferring an interior, uh, inferior good to himself. Okay, so let's, let, let's take an example. Like, So getting drunk, like St. Paul talks about uh, getting drunk as a, as a serious, as a grave matter, right? So a, uh, getting drunk um, would be a a grave situation. It would be a mortal sin if you knew about it and chose to do it freely. If you set out to get right. drunk, knowing it was wrong, well, knowing it was wrong. I think getting drunk is a little just caveat is a little bit complicated because most of the time, I think when people get drunk, it's not intentional. You know, like you're not setting out to get drunk. It just kind of like some people don't. Yeah, it kind of happens. It's a slippery slope because as you drink more, your your faculties your faculties are slowly reduced. Not that you're intending for that to happen, right? That's mm-hmm. you know so, that's so, a common situation. Right, so, so just so, because you got drunk doesn't mean, and you like you could know getting drunk is a, is grave. I did get drunk, but did you intend to get drunk? You know, it, that's the it question. Is a question. Yeah. So, but so getting drunk, you're you're turning away from God. You're turning away from um, uh, the the ration the rationality, the intellect that God has given you, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and you've chosen an inferior good, which would be alcohol. Mm-hmm. You've intentionally destroyed your faculties, right? So you, you've turned away from reason and intellect that that, that God has given that God has given you, and instead you you've turned to something else, namely alcohol. Now you can you can you can plug and play a lot of different other things, sure, uh, uh, for this, right? So you know, uh, whether it be uh, 
I mean, I don't know. Masturbation. I mean, masturbation. Or, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's so many different other things that you can, you can. Um, you there's can a lot of sins in the world. <laughs> yeah, correct. So, so anyway, so, uh, so you have to be able. You so so, so mortal sin, grave matter is, is you turning away from what your your soul is intended, right? So you can run away from God as much as you want. Right, so we have free will. God has given us free will, uh, and we're we are allowed to to choose God or, or not to choose God. And you're allowed to run away from God as long as you want to until you die. Mm-hmm. And then when you die, you'll be uh, stand in front of uh, in front of your Maker. You'll stand in front of we the. We have to give an account of of, of all of, of all that we have done. And when you say you're running away from God, we're not simply talking about like the avoidance of the highest good. We're talking about, you know, like f- freely choosing depraved acts. You know, like there's a difference between choosing a depraved act and simply not choosing the highest good. Mm-hmm. You know, those, so those, th- those two things is like, well, do you go to mass every day of your life? Mm-hmm. You know, like because that would be the highest good. Right. You have to. Uh, but but, but to that doesn't mean life. that it's a sin for you not to go to mass. Sure. And it may be just one day you're tired. Sure. You know, and like, it would have been good for you to go to Mass, but it's not a sin that you didn't go to Mass on this particular Tuesday because sure. you were tired. Sure, you know? sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but again, so uh, grave matter has to do with... I just feel like I'm, I'm worried that there might be people who aren't as familiar with the, t- you know, subject matter. and Right. It's good to... Clarify. To clarify. Yeah. But, you know, subject uh, grave matter has to do with, you know, uh, the issue of... Uh, we're made for God. Our soul is made for God. When we when we choose s- smaller goods over inferior goods, or when we choose, or when we choose depraved things over goods, then then we're not made. You know, we're not fully living, right? Mm-hmm. So when we get back, I want to I want to talk about uh, descriptions of hell. Wanna, uh, there's a lot of things we, we we need to discuss. So we'll be right back. Okay, guys. March second is Ash Wednesday. That means over a billion people are going to start living different in some way, maybe giving up chocolate or alcohol or whatever. For a lot of Catholics, Lent is a time of finding the easiest way to give something up. But at the end of those 40 days, did that sacrifice really make a difference? This year, there's a new opportunity out there specifically for men that will actually help you grow closer to God and become a better man. You've heard me talk about Exodus 90 probably several times, but let me tell you about Exodus Lent. It's a 40-day journey that will challenge you to dig a little deeper. If your first reaction is, bro, I'm absolutely not taking cold showers. Well, then you're in luck, my friend. Men who take on the Exodus Lent get to take warm showers. They get to drink alcohol, and when you're with others, watch TV and sports. But don't be fooled. This will still be a challenging 40 days of preparation for living the Christian life for the rest of your life. Let me tell you how it works. First, over the 40 days of Lent, Men commit to daily prayer, setting aside a minimum of 20 minutes to spend with the Lord. Each day includes a scripture reading and reflection written to help men better understand, grow in, and live virtue. Second, more than just giving up chocolate, men take up a range of disciplines and sacrifices for the season of Lent. Sweets, snacks, social media, all gone. Third, men commit to a fraternity of five to seven men. Each week the fraternity meets to pray together, check in, Hold each other accountable and encourage one another. On Easter Sunday, you'll walk away with a new and lasting understanding of what it means to live the full Christian life. Chocolate bunnies and all, 
Sign up now at exoduslent.com slash TCMS, short for The Catholic Man Show. That's exoduslent.com slash TCMS. Welcome back to The Catholic Man Show. That was impressive. I'm David Niles. I did not realize you could do that. You didn't know I could do that voice? I'm here with Adam Minan. Not that... Not the way that it was, yeah. I got skills, bro. Got a lot of them. We're bow, talking bow about hell. We're talking about hell, yeah. Bow, bow staff skills. Yeah. Nunchuck so, skills. So, uh, caveat. So, we we have not read Dante's Inferno. Okay, so... Or at least I haven't. I don't know. Have you? I have, I have read none of the Dante... Comedy. None of the, the divine, divine comedy. comedy. Okay, I hear it's so, hilarious. So though. Dave and I are going into a, a, a reading group here pretty soon. We're going we're going to uh, read Dante's Inferno through Lent, and so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about hell tonight. We're going to talk about some of the things about hell that that some of the saints have, have said, and then we're going to come back on the show after Easter and talk about uh, hell again after we've read the uh, the Inferno. With Deacon Garlic, and and discuss it again, and so like that way it will give a bow. Deacon Garlic is like a um, well, he's well versed. We'll just put it that way. He is very well versed. Yeah, I think he well he said it's his favorite book, his favorite books anyway. Like he he the Divine Comedy is his favorite books. The Divine Comedy is his favorite works. Works. Okay. Work. Okay. I know it's more than one book, so it's weird to say it, but. I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to. So Fulton Sheen talks about this. He he talks about he, when he's describing hell. I want to talk about this really quick before we actually get into like the types of punishment of hell. Okay, yeah. So because I think it's very interesting. So he talks about the descriptions of hell. He says uh, hell is a hatred of things that you love. So it's the that's hatred yeah, of that, things that you a, love. A good way to put it, so he, he he uses this example of like a sailor who is made for the sea. He loves the sea. He loves being on the sea. He loves he loves like traveling on the sea. He loves the waves. Mm-hmm. He loves everything about the sea, right? But he also knows that drinking the seawater is well, not good for it'll him. Kill you, it yeah. will kill you. But it is the it is so it's hate it's the hating of the thing that you love. So he's stranded. He can't he can't go anywhere. So he ends up drinking the seawater. So he's hating the actual thing that he loves. Hating the sea, yeah. Hating the sea that he you know, which is the thing that he loves. Hmm. So he uses that as a, as an example. And he also says hell is eternally mad uh, at the at the mind for turning uh, away from love. So um, he says, how many times have we said? Like, I wish that I would not have done that. Like, in, in mm. your mind, like, how many times have you said, like, in your life, as you're growing in your, in your, li- in your, you know, in virtue and in the life, you, you know, St. Paul talks about this, like, you know, I, you know, I do the things that I hate. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's talking about, like, in your mind, you're, I mean, you just, you just constantly do that. You just constantly do the things that you hate. I've done it 77 you, times. <laughs> 77 times seven. Times seven. Yeah. So it, it, it's this idea of like, you know, this is not what I should do. Mm-hmm. Yet you do it anyway. You go mad because like doing the thing that you know you should not do and choosing to do it anyway is madness. Right. Uh, you decide to do it anyway, but you, you, you do this over and over and over. And, and for me, it's usually over such petty things. 
you know, like the next day or like that night as I'm examining my conscience, it's like, what? Yeah. I chose that. Like it was so. It's self-imposed too. It was self-imposed and it was so petty. Like it wasn't even cool. The -hmm. thing I did. Mm Mm-hmm. Over and wasn't over even nice and over again. You know, like I can't believe I'm just. You know what? And it's like I did the same thing that yesterday. I'm I'm like the worst. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, to me, like, I, at least I can I can imagine the times that I have chosen to do the wrong thing and been like, I cannot believe I did that. Like I almost hate myself for yeah, doing this. Sure. Uh, and there's like some justice in that. I mean, like. I hate that behavior anyway. Right. You, know, you transpose that hatred onto yourself. But So something else interesting that he talks about in this is he says, uh, hell is a submission to love under justice. Hmm. Okay. That's weird. So listen to this. Justice forces those in hell to love God, but love submitting to divine order. I mean, I yeah, I suppose. I mean, that does make sense, but but to be forced to love, weird it, to it, think it, it, it's just weird to think about it that way. Of love. So here's you know the deal. I mean? like, Here, here's the problem: to be forced to love is a negation. Is not. It's love. not really love. It's not really love. Yeah. So like the issue is is because you know Christ uh, uh, Christ has has a divine order. You know God has a divine order, and in order and even the people in hell have to submit to the divine order. Has to submit to the hierarchy. Have you ever read like, uh, you know, like people who have had near death experiences who have been sentenced to hell? You know, they all Mm -hmm. it's 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 almost the exact same every way that they all realize and recognize I deserve to go to hell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like and they're uh, like they they can't stand to be in God's presence just because of their own humiliation. You know, Mm -hmm. they know I have rejected him and it's like. I know I need to go to hell. That's where I deserve to be. There's a sense of so, so there's much a self resignation, right? And, you know, it's like, and they know that the, they know that they're there justly. Mm-hmm. That's a univer- That seems to be a universal thing in in those types of experiences that people report. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so and something else that they that a lot of them report. So they they talk about and and this is also biblical. Is, is they talk about like this positive punishment and this passive punishment so we should start, let's talk about the positive one okay. first positive, po- positive punishment involves the pain and suffering of the person's endures uh through their whole being because of this uh, uh deprivation of love okay so uh, when we talk about hell like this is something that we should really understand in in regards to the whole body Right, so there's a this there's this whole body of suffering, uh, and uh, Alphonsus Liguori, who's a doctor of the church mm-hmm. and the moral uh, theo- uh, like doctor of the church. He's a heavy hitter. Yeah, so he talks about this a lot. He talks about the punishment of, of the senses in hell. So he talks mm. about that uh, um, that punishment in hell is proportionate to the sins committed on earth, meaning that some will suffer more than others. Sure, like I mean, as is justice, the same is true in heaven. Some have a greater reward than others. Right, so there's the same thing in the hierarchy of hell. Like, none of us will have the reward of Mary. Correct, correct. And no one, no one will suffer as great as... There's a hierarchy in heaven, just like there is in hell. Right, yes. And so he talks about this, and so he... he is Satan at the bottom? Uh, is it possible to have a lower rank in hell than Satan? I would um, say no. I don't think so. I would I don't say know no for, because I don't know because of all the things that he was given at his create you know at his creation. 
Right. He was the light bearer. Okay, so this is something though I want to talk about before we get into. Okay, so we're, I want to get into the different types of, 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 of punishment within the senses. I also want to talk about that. that okay, but, but cool. before we do, I think it's very important to talk about uh, how sin in and of itself uh, requires retributive justice. Okay, so it requires... So, I don't know about you, Dave, but there have been times in my life where I've committed a sin and I say, like, okay, I need to go to confession. Mm-hmm. Well, confession is Saturday. Today is Thursday. I'm going to go ahead and, like, you know, quote-unquote, live it up. I've never done that. I don't think you've ever done that before. No, I've you. definitely never done that. Right. I've definitely never said, like, well, I already need to go to confession. So Might as well keep sinning until, like, you know, like, you know, when I go this weekend. I've, you've never done that. That idea has never occurred to me. Right. So, but uh, some of the saints talk about, talk about this and talk about how, Oh, you know, we have to be, we're going to help be held accountable for every single sin that we commit. So even if you commit a sin that is mortal, that like, like you separate yourself from charity. Yeah. If you do it, another sin, okay, and let's say you die. In the meantime. In the meantime, before you get to confession, let's say you die. Right. You will, you will suffer uh, almost infinitely more. Because of the other sin that you've committed. So every sin that you commit, there has to be justice, like you know, there's retributive justice that has to be made made for this, right? So if you die in a state of mortal sin and there are multiple mortal sins that you, you've committed in hell, there are going to be demons that will do nothing but humiliate you through, for all of eternity for all of the different uh, sins that you've committed without repentance, and I think humiliate is probably a mild word to use. Sure. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, but it'll. Do you think it'll be worse it'll be, than humiliation? It will absolutely be worse than humiliation. But yeah. it'll be. But it's something to think about, right? So you always think about like, well, I got to go confession anyway. But you got to remember that every sin that you commit has to has to be right. You'll it's be not held about accountable. Like how accountable many, for how many sin sessions did you have? Right. You know, right. like how many sin streaks? Right. But it was about how many sins, right. each sin that you commit, there will be an there will be an accounting for. Just like each work of charity will be accounted there for. Will, there will be an accounting for, right? Right. You know? So, so if you have multiple sins, that you, and everybody has a, a place in hell. So, say, say Teresa of Avila talks about this that he she had this vision, and Christ tells her that everybody has a place in hell, and he even shows her where her place is, right? And so, if you die in a state mm. of mortal sin. You are going to hell, and this is where this is, be. this is this is this is this is the church's teaching. This is not Adam Minahan. This is not David Niles. This is like in right. the, the church teaches: if you die in a state of mortal sin, you are going to hell. Which is why it's confusing why some people say, "Oh, nobody's in hell." It's like really nobody is dying in a state of mortal sin. Right. I mean, I know it's possible to obviously it's possible to repent at your death. You know, have the desire of repentance. And sure, I believe that the desire of repentance at your death is enough to save your soul. I believe that. Mm-hmm. But everybody right. in the whole world who's ever existed, ever. Right. So we've run out of time on the radio. If you're listening to us on Catholic Radio or KSEY, go to thecatholicmanshow.com. You can listen to this episode and all of our other episodes, over 300 episodes, on thecatholicmanshow.com or check out the, you know, all your podcasts. 
I don't know, whatever. Your podcast app. App, whatever, whatever it is. Whatever it is. We're, we're, we're going to talk about uh, types of punishment and other things regarding hell before we get off this episode. On the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. But what I want to talk about is, is like the punishment of sin because I think it's very important to talk about uh, in the understanding of of what actually in the senses you mean in the senses like in in what hell truly is. So uh, a because lot because it's there for all of the senses for all of the senses at least at the resurrection of the body. So uh, Saint Alphonsus uh, Saint Alphonsus Liguori and like uh, Saint John Bosco is another one that like talks a lot about. He had a lot of dreams. Um, and they're written, like, I think you can go look that up, the dreams of St. John Bosco or whatever, mm. but he has a lot of dreams about hell. And St. Uh, Alphonse Glory talks about a lot of this as well, about uh, the, the different senses, like the, the punishments due to uh, the person via senses. Mm. So he talks about like the sense of touch. Uh, Saints have described it as a crushing yet burning uh, sensation. So this like crushing and burning sensation. Mm. Uh, it, which makes sense, right? Because like when you touch something, you you, you you feel the pressure of something, like so you know like whether or not like like you touch something, like that there's pressure there, right? Yeah. So there's so of all uh, in hell, it's an it's a negation of all good, right? So it's like the like the pressure is all uh, of, right. of, max. of all good. That's the thing is like you we're not talking in hell. It's not just the deprivation of important goods of all good. Right. There is no good, no good in heaven. Right. So St. Bridget actually says in, in a revelation that she had, uh, says that the whole world, if it was engulfed in flames, if the whole world was engulfed in flames, it would not even come close in comparison so hot. Uh, to, to what the first level of hell is. Has anyone here ever been totally engulfed in flames? I have not. That's got to be so hot. It's got to be so hot. Yeah. So, so, like, so the sense of touch... Uh, uh, a, a complete pressure and burning of uh, sensation. So, but the, and that's one that I think that most people can understand. Well, right? that, that goes of, along with like the traditional, like you know, like lake of fire, you know, uh, fire and brimstone kind of thing. Right. You know, like, so, so even in in that Saint John uh, Bosco's. Uh, book that I was talking about uh, of his dreams. He says he had he had this dream in like in the first layer of hell, the very beginning, the first wall. He was uh, they were they, he was telling them like touch t- touch the wall, touch the wall. Just that way you can say you've touched the wall, the first layer of hell, and like that way you know. And he like he did not want to do it. And so there were layers upon layers upon layers of hell, and like this is the very first one. He was like it was just so hot I couldn't even do it. And so he ended up in ended up doing it and like. It, it f- basically like flayed his hand. It bl- burned his hand to, to a crisp, like uh, his skin. in his dream. Yeah, it, 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 he woke up actually, and his the skin in his hand was completely off. Ow! His epidermis, so to speak, his dermis was showing. Mm. Which would be embarrassing. Yeah. I didn't know this story. It's pretty yeah. good. I also did not know that story. So uh, also, but here's one that that we don't think about is a sense of like the taste of taste. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, so it's it's worse than any fat like the foulest sewage water that you can possibly imagine. Like all the time, this is this is what uh, the the sense of taste would be like. That's like, bad. So constant. 
Well, right. And what's weird is that at that point, you're not eating anything. So all the taste you have is from like what's flying by your tongue. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is like the sense of smell as well, right? Because taste and smell are, are very are yeah. coordinated. So brimstone, you know what brimstone actually means? No. Sulfur. Mm-hmm. So brimstone actually... Makes sense. Like, you know, brimstone on fire, right? So brimstone means is another word for sulfur. And so like the, the sense of smell, like the, the saints have talked about how the, the smell is so overwhelming. It's the sense of sulfur that they said... Uh, they said, like, one soul in hell, like, suffering the torments of hell, would kill anybody in the vicinity of them just by their smell. Mm. You mean, like, like, you would kill somebody with an H2S exposure? You mean, like... I don't know what, you, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so, like, sulfur, like... H2S? In, like, when you're drilling for oil... There's oh. like gas, the sulfuric acid as gas, and if you breathe, you die. Is that what you're referring to? I have no idea. I, let, I mean, it, it means like that's a compression of sulfur, and like sulfur actually killing people. It would, like this. I'm, I'm just what I said. I'm is, guessing it's, it's worse than that. It's worse, worse than, than that. that. So also like so the sense of sight. So not only is it like completely darkness and like. Uh, Aquinas talks about this as well. Like he talks about like the sin, like is is hell completely dark? Okay, and so there are there are souls that are burning, which would, which you would think would bring light, light, but it it is a complete darkness. Okay, and so like not only do you have the sense the, the insight of like a complete darkness, but you also have a sense of seeing other people completely tortured. So how can you see without light? You have an like you just like you just see. You just do. I don't know. I'm I'm not there. I hope I don't ever get there. To, to the grace of God. But so like like imagine so much imagine like so even in this naturalistic level like right so like we we hate seeing suffering. Right. Right? On a natural law level, we hate seeing suffering. Um, and so like a lot of times we avoid a lot, you know, to, to avoid suffering. Now, I'm not saying that that's the, the law. I'm not saying like that that's what we should do, yeah, but, but like, we do, yeah. but we, but, but, but a lot of the, you know, we, we try if to people, if you see like a couple in an argument, people will turn away. Right. I mean, there's like, you, you stay away from right, suffering. But there's this, like that. There's some contention there and I'm not, that's not what I'm trying. Like, but, but that's a form of suffering and people will stay away from it. Right. Right. So, but the agony of seeing somebody else suffering is something that is very tough as right. a human to see. Right. Right. And so, like in hell, you see all the people in hell suffering, and and that is weighing on you as well. Okay. And then you see like the hearing uh, hearing aspect, and that's something that like I don't like I don't think about enough is like the the hearing of hell. So in hell, like you hear these screams and the torments of hell. Um, and St. John Bosco talks about this, like the sense of, of screaming and torment and how uh, it will it will literally uh, drive a man crazy. It would, it would drive a man crazy. Like in, and as a, like, this is a very small, like, I don't, I don't want to correlate here, but like, you know, as, as a dad, you hear a baby cry constantly. If you hear a baby cry constantly, you, you kind of like, kind of. It like, will drive you crazy. It'll yeah. drive you crazy. Definitely. Right. And so. 
Uh, imagine. I know about that right now. Imagine like people being tormented. And not a baby all around crying, you, but like, but like not a baby crying, but people in screaming in pain, tormented all the time around you. And this is like what you have to. This is what you have to deal with. Yeah, I think people tend to think about the physic, like the sense of touch mm-hmm. in hell, right? Most, most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it's like the, when they think of the suffering, they don't think about the other senses. They think about that sense. Like at least for me, that's that's the one I think about the most. Is I've always thought about, oh yeah, the physical suffering, not necessarily the visual suffering and the. Like nasal suffering and the vision, mm-hmm. you know, like. Well, Dave, and you and I have heard of wise, you know, go through labor and how painful that is and how, yeah. how loud it is and how that moves our souls. And just like that sound of suffering is so deep. But, the, okay, so another, another sense is like this hunger and thirst. Mm. Yeah. Right, this, this hunger and thirst in hell of, uh, and uh, St. John Bosco talks about how there are people in hell who would prefer earthly starvation, who would prefer basically going to uh, like you know concentration camps in World War II and being starved to death. They would prefer that over hell. I would also prefer that over over hell. Right, but I mean, think about con- like for all of eternity, you know, because uh, you know the country. Concentration camps are a moment in time, mm-hmm. but sure. for all of eternity, right? Yeah, having to end- well, endure that, yeah. endure, endure that, and say, you know, I would rather just do, I would do that for all of eternity than than what I'm doing currently. Sure, uh, is that is scriptural in as much as that example of uh, the servant, the the rich man that goes to hell mm-hmm. and he's thirsting so much. It's like just ask him to dip his finger in your water right. and just touch my mm-hmm. tongue. Mm-hmm. You know, how desperate that must be. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's totally scriptural. And so all of these things, uh, all, all of these things are like the positive punishments, the things that are inflicted upon you, which are nothing in comparison to the passive punishment. So all of these things, there are physical punishments. And this is, this is something that's on a natural level as well, right? So, like, it, when you are going crazy, like, you know, there are people who go crazy, and instead of, like, going, like, when they're going crazy, they hit their head upon the wall or something like that to inflict pain upon themselves so that they forget their, like, physical reality um, because they care, like, be, because it's... So they, they forget their mental they, reality. I'm sorry, they forget their mental reality and right. inflict, inflict pain so that they can forget about it. Be in a physical place, right? Right. Um, and so this is on a natural level, right? Yeah. Uh, we understand this. But this is, so, this is nothing compared to the passive level of, of, of the separation of God. Sure. The, to, the understanding that we are made for God, that our soul is made for God, and that we freely chose to not be a part of it. And that all of the demons in hell that like, you know, have uh, like, um, like tempted you throughout, the, throughout your life are ridiculing you, are making fun of you, um, all the people around you uh, are hating you. There's no one, there's no love. There's no love there. They all hate right. you. Um, is, is, is so much worse than the physical pain. And that, that's tough. Makes me think about like our obligation to share this news 
like to share the good news with other people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Because I think a lot of people don't, I mean, most people don't know what's awaiting for them. Right. Share the charisma. The charisma. Right. Okay, so Aquinas, so I have two questions for you, Dave. I want to I want to talk about this. Okay. Uh, that Aquinas talks about, and then we can we can go however we want. So Aquinas talks about whether or not you cry in hell. Yes. Okay. Um, it is is nuanced whether you cry in hell. You're telling me all these physical things happen to you, and you're not crying. So he he talks about so. Uh, Crying re- requires the manif- like is a manifestation of a physical body. Of of uh, there's something that is physically happening. Um, yes, and so he says you actually do not cry until uh, your uh, resurrected body has happened. Oh well, obviously, but I meant I was thinking that yes, when when you get your body back, you can't cry without a body, right? But once you have your body back, then you will cry. Right. And so he, so he says, like, actually souls, like, uh, are, are completely, like, like, they do not want the second coming to happen. No. Because it'll be, the, it'll because be all of, infinitely worse. Well, I mean, worse. we just talked about all these sense touch things, you know, so it's like. It'll be infinitely it, worse. This is, I, this is the context I thought your question was coming in, you know, like. Oh, can you smell it? Can you see it? Can you taste it? Can you touch it? Like, well, if you can do those things, then you're going to be crying. Right. And so that's, that, that's the context okay, yeah, yeah, I was answering yeah, yeah, yeah. your question. So, so like, because it, none of these things happen until you get, the, until the resurrection, the resurrection of the body. body. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so at that, least like when you go to hell in the beginning, at least you get like a like a, a few warm-up laps in hell. Where, which is not... Where you don't have to deal with the, the sense punishments. All you have to deal with is the worst one... Which is the separation from God. Uh, okay, so here's another question for you. Okay. Um, how can a finite sin affect you for all of eternity? Because it's against an infinite God. It is against an infinite God, yes. And so even the smallest of sin deserves and merits an infinite punishment because it is a, against an infinite God. So even the, even the smallest of sins merits an infinite punishment. Mm-hmm. And so, what is what is an infinite punishment? That is a punishment for all of eternity. Correct. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, that that is that is correct. So, but so it's interesting though. So, we don't take that for what it's worth, even on Earth, right? So, certainly not. So, even like so, a person who commits murder, uh, a person who commits murder only take how, how long does it take them to commit murder? Like. Uh, l- well, let's just, a, that that answer varies, you know. Right. So, so answers may vary. Answers may vary. N- no longer, like no longer than hopefully, I don't know. L- let's just say hypothetically, one day. Okay, let's say hypothetically one day it takes a full twenty four hours to commit murder. Okay, we don't we don't put somebody in jail for the twenty four hours that they commit something. Correct. Right. So we like so somebody commits murder, they commit a twenty four hour. Uh, 24-hour sin, uh, we don't put them, okay, you, you now uh, have to have 24 hours of jail time. Jail time. No, no, no. Because you spent 24 hours killing, killing somebody. somebody. Yeah. No, no, no. You you committed a sin that is of a different degree, is a higher degree. It's a, it, it's a difference between degree and kind, right? So 
uh, it's a higher degree. And so you merit maybe 25 years in prison, 50 years in prison, whatever, whatever life, the, in prison. life in prison. Right. So there is a, there is so, like, if you do something that is wrong, like there's the, you know, there is a merit that you have to like the the retributive justice aspect has to be made uh, um, in the natural world, and so like if you if you if you take that that aspect or that understanding and apply it to the eternal world, um, Aquinas says like it has nothing to do actually with how long it takes you to commit a sin, but how grave the sin is. Right. And so that's that's the, the distinction he made, and uh, like uh, there are a lot of surprisingly there are a lot of like Christian theologians right now that are pushing against Retri- this. retributive justice has fallen way out of vogue, yes, way out of style, right. if you will. But yeah. it, that I mean, Aquinas Aquinas is pretty clear about retributive justice. Mm-hmm. So like, if, so for you to say that. Retributive justice is not the church's teaching or is not God's way, which you could do because just because Aquinas talks about it doesn't mean that it's infallible. Mm-hmm. You know, Aquinas's opinions are not infallible, but for you to say that retributive justice is not something, is, is not the way of the universe, is not God's way, you do have to say, you have to be willing. You have to have the guts to come out and say St. Thomas Aquinas was wrong right. on the issue of retributive justice. And so, like, you have to be, I mean, that's, okay, he, and, and remember, like Bold everything move. else, he has steel-manned his arguments. Mm-hmm. So, you better be prepared for that. You know what right. I mean? So, uh, you know, again, so there is a imperfect and perfect love, imperfect and perfect love, like the imperfect love of, of Christ is the fear of hell. Right? For a person to have imperfect love for Christ, when you say the imperfect love of Christ, it makes it sound like Christ has imperfect love. I'm sorry. The imperfect love for, for, Christ, for Christ is fear of hell. Right, is a fear of hell, which is sufficient for salvation. It is sufficient. Um, but the perfect love for Christ is the love of of Christ for himself, right? Mm-hmm. Is it, not Rega- regardless, regardless of heaven and hell. Right, you love him simply for who he is. Um, but in this day and age, we forget about like retributive justice. We forget about the punishments of hell. We forget about the punishment of sin. We forget about the actual damage that is caused by mortal sin. So even if you commit it, like to yourself, to yourself. So even and to the uh, community. That's the thing about sin is that. Yes, you, you do. You, yeah, there's the community, like the uh, communal aspect of sin that, mm-hmm. you know, like, no sin happens just by yourself, but, like, you're hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. And, like, even what we said earlier in, in, in the program, like, even if you uh, sin, mortally sin, and then the, the next mortal sin, you, you have to account for all mortal sin. Mm-hmm. You have to account for every sin that you, like, we're accounted for everything that we do here on earth while we have this time. And so, um, uh, it is. It is very right. important to 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 not take lightly uh, sin. But also, the communal aspect is important. Sure. It's, it's sort of like peeing in the swimming pool. We're all swimming. In the, <laughs> we're all swimming in the pool, right? And you're peeing in it, and you you think it's not going to affect us, like right? And so, it's important, like you, like if you if you do not have uh, uh, 
you know, a regular confession schedule, you need to do it. Like you, ha- you have to do it. Like the pain yeah. of mortal sin is damnation. Look, my dad once told me, the only thing that matters in life is that you get to heaven. It's the only thing. Nothing else matters. It doesn't matter how rich you are. It doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. It doesn't matter how happy your life was. It doesn't matter how much suffering you have in this life. The only thing that matters is that you get to heaven. Right. And that is one of the things that he told me that has like... Like there are very there are like few things that I remember specifically from my childhood. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of childhood memories. I'm not one of those people who don't have childhood memories, but I remember him saying that to me as a child, and that really like sinking in. It's like yes, if you don't get to heaven, what matter? Then right. nothing, nothing matters. Right. So after we go through Dante's Inferno. We're gonna uh, do hell again. We're gonna do. We're gonna talk about hell again, and we're gonna, we're gonna like recapitulate all of this, and and talk about uh, maybe some more that we, we've learned with Deacon Garlic. He's already committed, so it's on him. All right, let's shut her down. All right, go to confession. <laughs>